Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Charles Sabansi from the Dreamers Pro Show, and we want to welcome you guys to the Dreamers Pro Podcast, where we cover everything from sports, hot topics, classic debates, entertainment, and where we give you guys a fresh perspective on things and how we see them. Now, let's get started with the first topic of today's show. I know we're, uh, I know we're away for some days, uh, but now we're finally back to content. Just welcomed in my first child, a baby girl. And I give all the glory to God for that. I'm extremely excited and extremely tired. They told you about it. They said, hey, man, the minute you get a, a child, you don't sleep anymore. But um, it's a blessing to be quite honest with you. So that's the reason I was gone. But anyway, I'm back uh, today and I'm, and, I'm, and I'm energized regardless of whether or not I slept or not. But anyway, while I was away attending to my duties, um, I, was, I wasn't really following sports. And then it was on Sunday where I said, okay... You know, let me let me just take a look and see what's going on because my mind was just like I wasn't paying attention to any of that. Then I jumped on uh what is it on um on YouTube. And I'm scrolling through YouTube, going through my feed, and I see a clip. Uh no, excuse me, a thumbnail from uh is it too raw for TV or too raw for sports? One of his channels, too raw for sports. And I see a thumbnail of LeBron James sitting there laughing. And I'm like, wait, <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute. Why would he be posting this picture of LeBron James laughing? So then I go back and I do some quick legwork to understand, uh, you know, what's been going on with the Lakers. Because as, as I said, I've not been following um, <clears throat> the team as of, as of recent, as of late. Uh, so I go back to go look and I know that they recently play a, played, excuse me, a game. That's right. Against the Utah Jazz. And it was a game, I believe, in which they hosted the Utah Jazz. And in that game, uh, LeBron James didn't play. He didn't play that game. And there was a photograph of him sitting on the bench, kind of cracking up and laughing and talking with his, with, his, with his teammates while the team lost. And I could see various people online talking about how pissed off they were. Some people, some, some like hardcore Laker fans who have Laker channels, who create Laker content, uh, were pretty upset at LeBron James. Right, we're pretty upset, and actually, what we want to do is we want to actually show you guys the image now, so you can take a look at it of LeBron kind of sitting there smiling and chuckling it up. <clears throat> and they were pretty angry at LeBron. And the question is, why were they angry at LeBron? Why were they angry at LeBron? Well, there's a few things taking place within Laker Nation. A few things. There is a fracturing that is taking place within the fan base. I'll break it down to you. There are the fans. There are Laker fans that have been Laker fans since forever. These guys are going to support the team. Uh, no matter what. 
Then you have certain constituencies within the Laker fans that are Kobe fans who became Laker fans because of Kobe, Shaq, and these guys. Then you have Laker fans that are comprised of LeBron James fans who support the team because he, you know, he supports the team. And it happens in so many other uh, organizations. I mean, you see Shannon Sharp, you know, twerking it up for the Lakers all over the place. Before that, he was twerking it up for the Cleveland Cavaliers. You know, I'm a Kawhi Leonard fan. I supported him in Toronto. Now I'm supporting the Clippers. But I like the Clippers. I like the team, although they used to do some boneheaded things, things that really annoy me. But anyway, <clears throat> and right now what you're witnessing is that you're seeing Laker fans, like people who always supported the team, they're getting fed up of LeBron. That's number one. Because I think some of them believe that uh, he is not a real Laker. I think that some of them believe that he is using the platform to enhance his brand. Now, some people will say, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. What are you talking about LeBron is using the Laker platform to, to enhance his brand? What were the Lakers prior to LeBron arriving there? And that's a, that's a, that's a fair point. Um, before, the, before LeBron got to the Lakers, the Lakers weren't doing very well. They were on the heels of, or they, yeah, they just witnessed Kobe Bryant uh, retire. Uh, during his last year or two, they weren't really good. Uh, a lot of that had to do with the fact that he was a shell of himself after his Achilles tendon that he tore in um, uh, was 2013. He was never the same player ever since then. He tore at 34. He wasn't the same player since then. If you want to get a good idea what Kobe was, go look at his numbers prior to his Achilles uh, rupture. You kind of see the numbers he was putting up at 34. <clears throat> so Kobe injured himself and the Lakers became bad while he was still there. Then LeBron got there. And I think that what Laker fan, what LeBron fans are trying to do is scrub history and say, well, what were they were before? I mean, they weren't winning any games, right? Well, what they failed to mention is that when he got there, they also weren't winning any games as well. As a matter of fact, they didn't even make the playoffs. They were talking about bringing on, turn on, I'm turning in, I'm activating playoff mode and a thunderstorm is coming and it was on the light drizzles. Everybody ran outside with the umbrellas. We ain't seen nothing. What actually happened for the Lakers and things started to turn around was when AD got there and they ended up winning that championship back in 2020. They won it, right? They won it. But overall, they've lost a lot more than they've won. I think LeBron has been in LA for, what, six years now? Six seasons? Uh, one of those years, they didn't make the playoffs. The second year, another year they went out in the first round. Another year they won. Uh, what is it? They won the uh, the bubble tournament. Another year they went to the conference finals, if I'm not mistaken, and another year they didn't make the play-in tournament. So it's it's been kind of up up and down, right? Now, for for some the people say, but what were the Lakers before LeBron? I think you're being disingenuous because we could say, what was LeBron before he got to LA? You would say, well, he was a three-time champion, right? He had won three championships: two with Miami, two with the Cleveland Cavaliers. The Lakers already had a bunch of championships, 16 championships, uh, 16 championship trophies. So why, why don't you count those? You're certainly going to count LeBron's resume prior to him getting there. So why you act like the Lakers didn't win anything? The fact of the matter is the Lakers are the premier organization in the NBA when it comes to, you know, um, the audience. They're the one that the TV follows. I mean, the television, the television follows around. They're the biggest market in terms of, you know, viewership in the NBA. So obviously it's going to work well to go, you know, um, partner with them. I think what's happening is that some diehard Laker fans are looking at LeBron's countenance after that game and saying to themselves, this guy's not a real Laker because if he is, why would he be up here laughing? Then there have been some other conspiracy theories out there saying that the reason LeBron isn't playing uh, is because they want Austin Reeves to play better. 
uh, so he can so he can increase his trade value. I don't know this. Uh, to be quite honest with you, these are things that people believe. I don't know. But I thought it was hilarious, however, that people were actually up there, you know, uh, you know, getting pissed off at LeBron for laughing. And I'm, listen, I think that I think LeBron doesn't really care. And I think that kind of bothers some Laker fans, but he doesn't really care. And you know what? He doesn't really have to care the way other Laker fans care. I mean, other Laker players uh, cared. He just doesn't care. Right. Uh, he doesn't care. Um, he doesn't. Right, he doesn't. Now, some people got off, got on me. Oh, you said this about this. You said this about that. But they were pissed off at LeBron. I didn't do it. He did it. Right, he did it, and people are pissed off at him. But uh, that's LeBron, right? LeBron has his. LeBron has his um, legacy. Has his reputation. And what's going to happen is the Lakers are going to do poorly, but it's not going to affect his brand. I think one of the reasons that's because he's one of these established players. Is you know, that's put in you know put in his tenure, played a lot of years in the NBA at a high level. So it's kind of really hard to knock those guys' legacies at this particular point in their careers when you're 19, 18, 17, 20 years, 21 years in. It's kind of hard to do that. Um, although people do it. You know, people do They tried it with Kobe. <laughs> they tried it with Kobe. They did it with Kobe. Uh, his last few years, they held it against him. They tried to hold MJ's years against him. Uh, LeBron's years, they don't, they're not going to hold against him because they say, well, he's old. But when he plays well, he's great. But when he plays well, he's old. But uh, I thought it was funny. Don't be mad at me. I wasn't the one laughing. I'm just talking about it. Now, if you don't want me to talk about it, then don't laugh. Now, if you're enjoying this show, be sure to follow us on Facebook at Dreamers Pro Official, Instagram at Dreamers Pro, and leave a review to let us know what you think about today's show. Now, let's continue to the next segment. There was a big beef that took place uh, over the weekend. A very big one. And it was between Stephen A. Smith and Jason Whitlock. As you guys know, Stephen A. Smith finally reached his breaking point when Jason Jason Whitlock began to basically question his career and kind of, you know, dissect every little thing that he said about himself to understand whether or not some of these things are true or not. And then Stephen A. Smith, I guess, finally reached his breaking point. He went on his show, the Stephen A. Smith show, where he dedicated an entire hour uh, to basically respond to Jason Whitlock, that video has about 1.5 million views. Last time I checked, uh, it was a fiery monologue. He was cursing it up. He was pissed off. He let him know exactly what he felt. Uh, he didn't hold back any words whatsoever. A bit dramatic, but <laughs> nevertheless, uh, it was a Stephen A. Smith way. Now, when he was doing this, I knew for a fact, as for a matter of fact, that Jason uh, Jason Whitlock was going to respond. I knew this already. I knew the reason I knew is because number one. He had made all of these shows where he put all of this effort into producing them. So why would he need to respond when he find, when the person he's been talking about finally responds to him? So I knew that he was going to do it. Number two, just based off his personality, I knew that he was going to back down uh, from that story. So he did. Right. And he put out a full show. And unfortunately, when the time when the show was published, I was actually preoccupied doing something else. My my actually my, my daughter just got born uh, this weekend, uh, my first child. And I'm extremely excited and grateful to God for that. So that's why I was away and I couldn't talk about it, but uh, I was aware of it, right? So I finally came back yesterday and I was able to get into a little bit of it. Um, but prior to that, prior to that, one of the first shows he produced, he brought up a point, a point that not enough people are talking about in my personal view. Uh, and it's an incredibly alarming point that he pointed out that I think a lot of us just begin to pay attention to. 
during the one of the shows that he presented in this case where he was dissecting Stephen A. Smith's book, uh, Straight Shooter, he was going through every bit of detail to understand whether or not this piece is whether or not this information was credible. That information was credible or not. And then he got to a particular aspect where Stephen A. Smith was describing how he was able to garner a college, a college uh, a scholarship to play basketball. And as he was going through the story, he brought up a particular point that I have yet to hear anyone refute, including Stephen A. Smith on himself during his hour monologue, which was the point about how Stephen A. Smith was able to gain his college scholarship and how he was able to average 1.5 points per game while only playing one point. So for those of you who didn't hear that point, want to play what Jason Whitlock had to say in its entirety and then want to come back and continue on the show. Take a listen to what Jason Whitlock had to say here. So Stephen A. is saying that Winston-Salem State, at the end of their basketball season, when they're preparing for their conference tournament and what, and maybe trying to qualify for the Division II postseason tournament, that they play a game on Saturday, he wakes up the next morning, they're having a scrimmage that he arrives to late in the middle of, and Big House Gaines checks this six foot one, 150 pound guard from New York City who played a couple of months of high school basketball without acquiring any stats or anything, played a month or two of junior college basketball without acquiring any stats or anything. He shuts down a practice check Stephen A. Smith into the scrimmage. And then, according to Smith's account, he knocked down 17 straight shots in the scrimmage. And Big House Gaines offered him a full scholarship immediately after the practice. I, I, I'm reading this, and when I read it, I was like, you gotta be kidding me. This is a comic book. And this man's calling this his memoir. He got a full-ride scholarship after checking into a Sunday scrimmage after a team played a basketball game on Saturday, knocks down 17 straight shots, and the coach of this team, which, if you go read Big House Gaines' memoir, his book, his biography, all Big House Gaines did was complain about how limited his budget was at Winston-Salem State, how the school wasn't flush with cash and a bunch of scholarships for his players. He was always trying to make ends meet. But this frail kid from New York City, he gave a full scholarship to next year's team after watching him play for an hour in a scrimmage because he allegedly knocked down 17 straight shots. Who writes this? Who believes this? I cannot appropriately do justice to the far spent story Stephen A. Smith paints in Straight Shooter. Smith has struggled to explain it himself on TV. In November of 2022, not that long ago, November of 2022, what is that, 14 months ago, 15 months ago, on the set of NBA Countdown with Malika Andrews, Jalen Rose, and JJ Reddick, ESPN ran a graphic of Smith, Rose, and Reddick's uh, senior year stats. Let's play this clip. I want to. I don't know what 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 is it? Yeah, slot number four. I, or no, yes, yeah, slot number three. Number three. I want to play the clip of Stephen A. Smith, of Malika Andrews and J.J. Reddick and Jalen Rose 
Here's Stephen A. Smith talking about his senior year. We're coming off college hoops, guys. Yeah. So I do want to show you all a little something. I got a little something to show you here before we dig into the NBA. Take a look at this blind resume here. It's three players, their scoring average in each person's final college season. Do we, do we have any guesses who this might be? Jalen, who do you think? What, what is this? Nah, this is hilarious. JJ's ah! on the right. <laughs> <laughs> Well, they're not telling. What they're not telling is I only played one game because I cracked my kneecap in half. But that's neither here nor there. That is neither oh, here. Did Did y'all just look and hear what Stephen A. Smith just said on national TV? They put his senior year stats up. Everybody's giggling, and you can tell Stephen A. is pretty uncomfortable early on. He ain't in on the joke or. Maybe no one warned him. I don't know. He tried to loosen up at the end. But then at the end, he says, what they're not telling y'all is I only played one game because I cracked my knee. And then, so, look, look, I'm not good at math. That's math is not my strength. I was a writer, and, and you know, I struggle. I use both my hands and toes to count. But walk me through this and walk yourself through it. One and a half points per game. How do you average that in one game? Is there a one-and-a-half-pointer in Division II basketball? How do you do it? It can't be done. See, see, it can't be done. It's comical. It's an impossibility. And I know I'm not great at math, but you can't average one-and-a-half points a game in basketball in one game. So, that's November of 22. So you heard what Jason Whitlock had to say. He brings up a very, very good point. And now that he's brought it up, and now that Stephen A. Smith has respond, responded, we got to ask the question, why did Stephen A. Smith address this particular point? Why didn't he address it? Why didn't he address it? Stephen A. Smith said on live TV that what they're not telling you is that I didn't, I only played one game. And that's how I average 1.5 points per game. But all of you guys know that's mathematically impossible if you all you did was play is one game. That is mathematically, and you cannot average 1.5 points per game or 2.5 points per game or 3.5 points per game or 10.5 points per game if you only played one game. There are no decimal points in the NBA. The free throws, which are one point, the regular shots, which are two points, and the threes. When you play one game and one game only, you can only get one value. That's all. When you play one or more or two or more games, then the point comes in. So if you score 100 points in one NBA game, your average is 100 points. So... I don't know how Stephen A. Smith actually did that. The reason that's important is if he lied about that on TV, because he lied, what else did he lie about? That's a lie. That's a lie. Any way you cut it, it's a lie. It's a lie, it's a lie, it's a lie. But then in another show, I heard him say on his show, 
a lot of people are making a big deal out of the 1.5 points that I average. But then he also said, okay, fine, I didn't play any games. What? You didn't play any games? Here you just said you played you played one game because you cracked your knee, a six-inch nail. I don't know how the hell you got a six-inch nail in your, in your kneecap, but whatever, he got a six-inch nail. That means he must have some huge knees. But anyway, in the one hand, you're saying you only play one game. In another hand, you get frustrated and say you didn't play any games. Well, what's the real story? What's the real story? Because if this story has these type of holes, we then got to ask ourselves, what else did he not tell you? For example, I give you guys a perfect example of myself. There ain't nothing up here. I'm up here lying to you guys about. Ain't nothing. Before, the, uh, before this, we were doing public speaking. Uh, we were doing different workshops in Italy. Work for multinational. Work with high school kids. Work, I mean, work, yeah, high school kids, uh, professionals. Right there on my LinkedIn. Worked in hospitality. Right there on my LinkedIn. There ain't, ain't nothing to sit up here and lie about. There's no need for it. Your past is what it is. Now, if I told you guys I worked at Goldman Sachs and I worked at this place and I worked at that place when I didn't, and then you guys start to do some digging, ain't like, but wait a minute, this guy never worked. And then I'm like, well, I didn't really work at Goldman Sachs. I worked for one day. <laughs> they fired me the next day. You're like, but that's not what you, you begin to question. Okay, but what is, what, what about this guy is real or not? And that's a pretty alarming point when, Jason Whitlock's larger point was he was reacting to what Cat Williams was talking about in terms of industry plants. That would be exactly that. So I don't know how Stephen A. Smith has gotten away scot-free with that. And during his hour monologue, he said a lot of things. He brought up a lot of points. He Jason Whitlock addressed some of them from you know the email thing and all of that. But what he didn't address was that 1.5. I don't understand. I don't think he can. Guys, I don't think he can. I don't think he can. Because on television, he didn't repeat, he didn't say that. On TV, he said all I played was one game. And then he said somewhere else, I didn't play any games. Now he's going to say something else? So what makes, what would it, why would this thing be the thing that's the truth? Why? Do you realize there's no coming back from that? Do you realize he told a bold-faced lie? There is no other way to talk about it. Somebody said... Somebody tried to do some Jedi uh, mathematics and say, well, what you don't understand, you bozo, is that, <laughs> he said, you know what this dude said? He said, get this, one point, one game, one game he scored zero, and in the other game, he scored what? <laughs> what did he score? What did he score? The fact is, Stephen A. Smith did not play just one game or he played more than one game and if he played more than one game why would he then say i only play one game and then turn around and say oh well i didn't play any games at all the dude is lying now if you're enjoying this show be sure to follow us on facebook at dreamers pro official instagram at dreamers pro and leave a review to let us know what you think about today's show now let's continue to the next segment. We got pin below. Anyway, let me get into this topic uh, here. As you guys know, we got some beef up in these streets uh, featuring Stephen A. Smith uh, and your boy Jason Whitlock, right? Jason Whitlock is not backing down with the Stephen A. Smith beef uh, and Stephen A. Smith is not backing down from it. I love it. 
these dudes is putting names on it. They they going at each other, and I think that's the way it should be because when they be going at these athletes, they definitely be putting a name on it there, right? And I think another reason they doing this because they realize it does well. Like, yo, don't get it twisted. Yes, he was upset, but you better believe Stephen A. Smith wanted a lot of people to see his response, and so does Jason Woodlock. You would have to be an idiot if you didn't. You want to do what people want. Now, you do it the way you want to do it with your rules and principles, morals, whatever. But everybody that produces content wants it to be seen. And if you figure out something that does well, you continue to do it if you're smart. Right. So I th- don't get it twisted. They don't, oh, I, they're just up here for the holiness of it all. Nah, they up here to do well and get views and make money and do uh, and do the rest of that while they cuss each other out, which I'm all here for. And that's exactly what happened. Right. They've been going back and forth at each other. But then. Uh, friend to the channel, Marcellus Wiley, I caught a bit of his show uh, from the Marcellus Wiley show and uh, never shut up. And he weighed on, weighed in on it, but he weighed in on a particular point that I think is very, very important. And that was the point about Stephen A. Smith's uh, career of how he was able to get his basketball scholarship. Now, what do we know about uh, uh, what is it? Marcellus Wiley. Marcellus Wiley is a, a, former, a former professional NFL player. Like he played in the NFL. So we're not just up here twerking it up and saying whatever, whatever. He actually played in the NBA, uh, in the NFL. So he knows exactly, quite literally, how this would work out. And he would be able to spot a lie if somebody was telling it. So what happened? I tuned into his show and I came across a segment where Marcellus Wiley was essentially, not essentially, where Marcellus Wiley called BS on Stephen A. Smith's story about how he was able to able to obtain that uh, scholarship. So what we want to do is want to play exactly what Marcellus Wiley had to say in response to Stephen A. Smith comments, Smith's comments, and then we'll come back and continue on the show. Take a listen to that there. Stephen A. Smith wrote a book in which he made some statements about how he got a scholarship in college. And let's just say if anybody's ever played sports, it raised your eyebrows. Well, with Whitlock, it raised more than just his eyebrows. Listen to him. Just think this through. And because I went and looked, it's February. I go check Winston-Salem State's basketball schedule for the 87-88 season. When, you know, this is happening in February of 1988. This covers the 87-88 season. Winston-Salem State, like virtually every other college basketball team during that era, played a basketball game on every Saturday of February. So Stephen A is saying that Winston-Salem State, at the end of their basketball season, when they're preparing for their conference tournament, and and maybe trying to qualify for the Division II postseason tournament, that they play a game on Saturday, he wakes up the next morning, they're having a scrimmage that he arrives to late in the middle of, and Big House Gaines checks this six-foot-one, 150-pound guard from New York City who played a couple of months of high school basketball without acquiring any stats or anything, played a month or two of junior college basketball without acquiring any stats or anything. He shuts down a practice, checks Stephen A. Smith into the scrimmage, and then, according to Smith's account, he knocked down 17 straight shots in the scrimmage and Big House Gaines offered him a full scholarship immediately after the practice. 
I, I, I'm reading this, and when I read it, I was like, you gotta be kidding me. This is a comic book. And this man's calling this his memoir. Yeah. Okay. Let me just say this. Because uh, it's 2024, what is it, the 9th? We ain't even 10 days in, and I think we got a theme already for the entire year. I hate those people that sum up a year, or I hate even people that come up with their New Year's resolutions. I'm like, dog, if the calendar is telling you what you're about to do, you ain't about to do it for long, right? But I'm going to sum up this year already, nine days into it. From Cat Williams' interview, which is still epic. I mean, I haven't watched it again because that's three hours. But the point is, I just keep checking those numbers like, damn, that thing is doing. From that interview and the spirit of what Whitlock and Stephen A. Smith were going through right now, want to know one thing. How do you call BS on somebody without somebody else saying you're hating, clout chasing, etc.? I think this is going to be the year of truth tellers. You know, this seems like the year of those who come out, whether you get exposed or not, whoever tells the truth is going to be the winner in the conversation. So I'm not saying Stephen A. Smith is lying. I'm not saying that, but I know there's no way the way I heard that story, he's telling the truth. You understand the difference? <laughs> okay. He ain't lying. I ain't saying you're lying. He's just not telling the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. Ain't no way. Let me tell you why. Not that story, not that version can be accurate. Now, maybe Stephen A. Smith just got bored or didn't want to bore us with the details of that story, so he didn't fill it in, he didn't give it the proper color, perspective, etc. But ain't no way somebody traveled to a school and played in a scrimmage. I don't give a damn how many shots you make. You make all the shots. Forget 17 in a row. You make every single shot and then walk away from that scrimmage with that scholarship. Let me tell you, there's no way that happens. Why? Because I've never heard of it. I've never witnessed it. I've never even been around anything like that. Let me tell you, in this experience, when you're going to do a tryout, not a single tryout ever <laughs> has ended in the moment and they like, this is yours. Want to know why? Because the tryout is to convince them and they still got to go back and make sure that that opportunity is for you. You ain't the only one trying out. When are you we having an all tryouts, all comers? Just for you. <laughs> nah, even you see pro days, combines, it's always other people. Regionals, you know, they do them national combines, etc. There's always somebody else going. Now, I'm not going to go into the details of this, so that's why I was like, Stephen A. Smith may not be lying, but that version can't be the full truth. So, so you heard what Marcellus Wiley had to say. Listen, um, I've never been a professional athlete, but I take I take his word on it. For him to be saying this, it raises some eyebrows. There's another point that Jason Whitlock brought up, which was when Stephen A. Smith said he only played one point one game in college, and that's why he cracked. That's why he's averaging one point five points per game because he cracked his knee. And I'm like. How do you go ahead and average 1.5 points per game while playing only one game? And then Stephen A. Smith came out again and then said, no, well, I didn't play any games. There's a problem. And now we have a former NFL player. A former NFL player saying, this story don't add up. It don't work like that. The way you just described it, it never, ever, 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 ever happens like that. Those are some pretty damning statements coming from credible sources. Now, will Stephen A. Smith address those points? Hell no. 
How do I know this? Because he didn't do it in his monologue against uh, Jason Willock. Do you know the reason why? Because he ain't got no response. There is no answer for it. Cussing, hollering, getting pissed off ain't going to be the answer. It's just not going to be the answer. But uh, I was very surprised to hear Marcellus Wiley go out there and say, nah, bro, you, you lying. Straight up and down, you lying. Like, like you lying. You lying. That's not how it goes. I've never heard anything like that ever before. And he even broke it down by saying, actually, this is what goes on, which I liked. Because he didn't just say, okay, you're lying. It's not the truth. But he then said, okay, in reality, in most cases, this is exactly how it play. And he explained it. So... Now, if you're enjoying this show, be sure to follow us on Facebook at Dreamers Pro Official, Instagram at Dreamers Pro, and leave a review to let us know what you think about today's show. Now, let's continue to the next segment. I can barely think right now. I've been doing a lot of running around. But anyway, over the weekend, uh, there was this kind of fireworks between uh, Stephen A. Smith, who finally got fed up and responded to Jason Whitlock. And then Jason Whitlock did... I think he's done two shows responding back to Stephen A. Smith. But in the midst of all of this, Jason Whitlock then decided to respond to Shannon Sharp. Now, Shannon Sharp is coming off of the second most watched interview in the history of YouTube. His interview now with Cat Williams, the last time I checked is at 48 million views, which was, I think, yesterday. So now it should be around uh, 49 million views. So, I mean, it was the biggest thing this year in media uh, starting off the new year. And then Shannon Sharp reacted to Stephen A. Smith's show, uh, his hour-long show where he went at Jason Whitlock, which has about 1.5, 1.6 million views as of this present moment. Then Shannon Sharp then starts talking about Jason Whitlock. Now, he's talking about him. He's not saying his name, but we all know who he's talking about. And funny enough, Chad Ochozinga goes, Chad Johnson goes, just say his name. Like, just like, what's the point of all of this? Sneak this and just say the man's name. But Shannon refused to. Well, whatever the case is, uh, Jason Whitlock caught a whiff of what Shannon Sharp had to say about him and he responded to him, but the way he responded to him was in a very, very calculated, uh, way in a way in which he got at Shannon Sharp. He got at him. So for those of you who didn't hear what Jason Whitlock had to say about Shannon Sharp, I want to quickly play his comments for you now. And then we're going to come back and continue on the show. Take a listen to what Jason Whitlock had to say here. Shannon Sharp's position is that. I could never do what he do or what he does. I could never live in his world. We could never play uh, professional sports. And, and he's accurate. And, but, but what he doesn't understand is I could never do what he did. And so now that Shannon Sharp and I are both in our 50s, what he did in his 20s and 30s it's irrelevant. The things that he did in his 20s and 30s, I think me and Shannon are around the same age. And so when we were in our teenage years and 20s, I could do what Shannon Sharp did in his teenage years and 20s. I played Division I college football. He played at Savannah State. He was more talented than playing at Savannah State, but because uh, his grades and learning ability were limited <laughs> at that time. He could only get into Savannah State. And so back when we were younger, I did what Shannon Sharp did. Now, did I have as much football talent as Shannon Sharp? Absolutely not. I mean, it's, I, 
never got a sniff of the NFL. No one, <laughs> I was never an NFL prospect. But neither is Shannon Sharp now. He's not. He's 50-some-odd years old. He's got replaced hips. So it doesn't matter what he used to do. I'm not jealous of him about what he could do and, and, you know, I could never do what he did. He's right. I'm not jealous of that. <coughs> he doesn't understand that he can never do what I do. That, and and, and I, I'm not saying that to brag, but Shannon Sharp's never going to be a journalist, ever. He has no interest in being a journalist. He, he, he doesn't need to be a journalist because journalism's not valued in this space the way that it used to be. And so it, it's, it's, could I do what Shannon Sharp does now? Absolutely. I don't want to do it. I refuse. It's like the whole point <coughs> of the Cat Williams uh, interview clearly flew over Shannon's head. And this, again, is why I, I say he can't do what I do. He can't think critically. He can be entertaining, and I've given him credit for that. He is entertaining. He's worked on his broadcasting skills, and he's created an environment where other people who don't really think critically feel comfortable coming on his show and sharing their thoughts. I... I Hats off to him. I've celebrated what he's doing and how he's transitioned, how much more I enjoy it than what he did at FS1. But I've made a choice because the things he's doing now, I think, are very easy. And Cat Williams went on Shannon Sharp's show and basically for three hours explained what it is Shannon Sharp does. And there are many people who picked up on the fact that Cat Williams was perhaps trolling or trying to send a bat signal to Shannon Sharp. Like, hey, bro, uh, in order to get the support from the industry, you have to be willing to sell out. You have to be willing to bend over. <clears throat> you have to abandon your godly beliefs. Anybody can do that. And, and Cat Williams, again, I, this is my interpretation and other people's interpretation, was, was telling Shannon, we know what you did to get here. And hats off for the work <coughs> you've done and put in. This is enjoyable. Uh, but Shannon, <coughs> we've all sat and watched a pro football player run around the country, run around promote stuff on his Instagram and social media feeds that his BFF is some out-of-the-closet gay male stylist. And we're, we've watched y'all sit courtside at NBA games. We've watched you walk around with some little poodle or, pupple, or puppy like Paris Hilton. We've seen all of that. And, and Cat Williams was trying to say, like, hey, bro, don't take the deal. So you heard what Jason Willock had to say. 
here's the here's the parts that stood out to what he uh to me or what he said he said number one um when i was around your age i could play collegially uh, obviously i was not as talented as you to make it to the nfl i wasn't but he said in this present day we're not talking about what we did in our youth in our 20s or our 30s we're now grown men men in our 50s and i was like hmm, i didn't think about it that way i didn't think about it that way. he makes an interesting point although the point shannon sharp was making was these guys feel jealousy or feel alarmed or you're worried because I'm coming into their space doing what they're doing and, you know, they couldn't do what I did. And then Jason Whitlock was like, no, uh, you can't do what I do. And he basically described what he does. And then he took a shot at Shannon Sharp's audience by essentially saying that these people are not critical thinkers. And he produces watered down content. And then that's the only way he's able to appeal to a wide range of people because a lot of people are not willing to think critically. I think that's what he said. Is that true? I don't think so. Although there is some truth to that. But there is that truth, you know, anywhere else. A, a, a person who doesn't think critically could also stumble upon a Jason Whitlock show. But I 100% understand what he was saying. He was basically saying that Shannon Sharp is making, uh, you know, um, not clickbait content, obviously, but content that doesn't involve a lot of thinking uh, where you, you're not really reasoning at a high level and it's just pure entertainment. And it's like, it's like, let's just talk about anything that's entertaining, no matter what the thing is. I think that's what he's saying there. What I'm surprised is that Jason Whitlock is taking on all, all comers. He ain't, but he ain't running away from nobody. Now, some people have said he's running away from this thing. This thing, I was listening to a situation with Valuetainment. Patrick David and those guys said he left. He didn't come to the set. So maybe some people are like, that's not true. He does run away at a certain time. I don't know. Uh, but whatever the case is, man, Jason Whitlock, everybody's going to him. And he's he's taking on, you know, all of the challenges. And and, and his show is benefiting uh, for it, by the way. Like, they're not just doing this because they like to talk. They're doing it because it also is generating a lot of income and a lot of views. And do not get it twisted. That's part of the game. Do not get it twisted for a second because you're in the business. And if you're not in it to do well then and excel and get views and get listeners, then why the hell are you doing it in the first place? You're certainly not going to open up a, go open up a, a you know, what is it? Um, no, uh, uh, go make it a, you know, non-for-profit or something like that. But these guys, uh, you know, they're going at it and, I, and I'm enjoying all of it. Thank you for listening to today's show. And don't forget to let us know what you think about today's show on iTunes or any of your favorite podcasting platforms.